RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Gameprint.net. We thank them and our patrons for their support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 412 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, May 7th, 2019, and available for download or streaming on Friday, May 10th, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. Yay, Kenna's back this week. Welcome back, Kenna. <laughs> Thank you very much. Glad to be back. You were definitely missed. And your weekly recaps. So why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? This week, we're trekking out advice from a golden wizard and CBS's response. Then we chat about what Picard's old friends think about a reunion, hashtag Star Trek and Tino's progress, and the farewell tour for a Star Trek icon. In Star Trek Online and gaming news, we're getting a new reputation track with Rise of Discovery, our weekly top tip returns, and you can now virtually battle Klingons while enjoying nachos and your favorite pale ale. Then we're joined by two members of the Star Trek tribute band, The Roddenberries, and they invite you all to join them for their second album release party coming up in June in Philadelphia. Of course, as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. That's right, Captains. Remember that those hailing frequencies are always open, and we love to hear from you between episodes, so please reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. We have to take a quick moment to thank our patrons, listeners like you, who financially support our production each and every week. Without them, we wouldn't be able to continue to improve on the quality content you've come to expect. And don't forget, we do our best to reward our patrons for their contributions. For instance, at $5, you can join us in a private chat via Google Hangouts to talk about all the latest Star Trek headline news or whatever we discuss from week to week on our episodes or what we record on After Hours. Captains, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible, but there are other ways that you can help this show. We're looking for volunteers to join the production, and specifically, we're looking for audio editors to help us clean up a segment or two. We currently have a great team working hard each week, but many hands make light work. Shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com with audio editor in the subject line, if you're interested. Now, let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Once upon a time warp, in a galaxy very, 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 very far away, there lived a little golden sage with an equally golden observation. 
Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising! Where the real money from the movie is made. <laughs> Fast forward 32 years, and our favorite franchise, Star Trek, is finally taking advice from a fermented dairy product. On May 6th, CBS Television Studios announced the launch of a global franchise group, headed by Executive Vice President Veronica Hart. Star Trek Global Franchise Management will, quote, manage and maximize the expansion of the brand beyond the traditional boundaries of linear broadcasting and streaming, with the goal of broadening the Star Trek fan community through multiple avenues, such as podcasts, new digital spaces, and live experiential events, end quote. David Staff, president of CBS Television Studios, said of the team, quote, Veronica and her team are not only gifted brand strategists and veteran consumer products executives, they are also experts on the Star Trek canon. We are excited to launch this new business unit because the brand has an enormously rabid fan base, and we look forward to expanding its reach even further, end quote. For more information, check out our show notes. So listen, CBS is kind of killing it at the moment. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to their um, financial results. They released their financial results for the prior quarter last week. Really, really strong. And the way that they're kind of diversifying where all their money is coming from is super smart for a network that's traditionally been delivered through like terrestrial cable. Um, they're facing a lot of competition from uh, Disney Plus, um, Apple TV Plus. You know, these are really big entries into the market. And CBS is being really smart by taking by taking a franchise that has totally driven their online growth, which is doing super, super well, um, and then taking that money and investing back into other channels that are not directly related to television services. It's, it's a really, really smart move from CBS. And I think the fans are actually going to really love it. Yeah, you know, 10 years ago, if you would have told me that CBS would be on the cutting edge of streaming media and revitalizing my favorite franchise of all time, I would say to you, you mean the television station that only old people watch? But they're really, they're really doing a great job, and they're really stepping it up. This is a great time to be a Star Trek fan. I, I know we keep saying that, and I get it, 100%. You are right, because without news like this, it would be really hard to produce a weekly news show about Star Trek and Star Trek gaming. Cutting edge seems like a bit of a stretch, in my opinion, when, when CBS All Access is still very clunky. Uh, on the browser experience. It feels like it's running Flash still, and it might very well be. It, you know, that needs to be updated. There needs to be some investment dollars in making the CBS Online all-access experience much better for people experiencing it through the browser. Secondly, my concern is if they don't do this right, it's going to be some absurdity, like, you know, the, the, the joke we made at the start of the segment, you know, with, with Spaceballs. It'll be Star Trek the cheese and Star Trek the space helmet that <laughs> won Nick Dugid the cosplay contest for STOV. I am hopeful that Veronica Hart, who worked on uh, for the Jim Henson Company, will bring something to the table to help kind of unify and bring together some of the branding without, mind you, poo-pooing on fan-based communities. 
right? Now, in the quote we mentioned earlier, she, they talk about the fan communities through multiple avenues, but, you know, sometimes they could drop a hammer here and there, and I hope that they don't start alienating some established community brands. I'm not just talking about Priority One Podcast here. I'm talking about, you know, Tricorder Transmissions, other groups that have spent a lot of time and a lot of man hours producing content in the in the fan sphere of Star Trek. I think you raise a really good point because their their track record on that front in the last couple of years has not been great. And so I think you raise a very valid concern. I hope that their experience from the last two years and the potential that they have will will guide them in a better direction. But before we move on, that leads us to our first community question this week. What merchandising venue do you hope CBS most improves? Video games, toys, interactive media, conventions, events, you name it. Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO412 or by replying to our community question posts on our social media channels on Mondays. With all the casting news for the still untitled Picard series, you may be wondering, what about Picard's old friends from the Enterprise? Turns out those friends are wondering the same thing. Last weekend, several members of the Star Trek The Next Generation cast, including Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, and Will Wheaton, took to the awesome con stage in Washington, D.C. As would be expected, the panel was peppered with questions about future appearances with their one-time captain. Marina Sirtis, who played Counselor Deanna Troy, said of the series, quote, None of us knows anything. They're guarding that show like the nuclear codes, end quote. Co-star Gates McFadden, who played Dr. Beverly Crusher, said of a possible cameo or appearance, quote, Of course I'd love to, but I have not been approached. End quote. McFadden's fictional son, Will Wheaton, was asked about helming a Captain Wesley Crusher series, to which he replied, quote, I'm so grateful for why you're asking this question, and that Wesley was so important to you. But I think the time for exploring that character has come and gone. End quote. The actor backpedaled a little, though, saying, quote, I still love Star Trek so much that if they were to reach out to me for anything else, I'd absolutely be interested in exploring that." End quote. For a link to the Trek movie article written by our Women at Warp A Roddenberry Star Trek podcast friend, Jara Hodge, be sure to check out the show notes. Last week, Slash Film sat down with A-list director Quentin Tarantino. While the conversation was in large part about Tarantino bringing The Hateful Eight to Netflix as an exclusive miniseries, the trade website also asked about other projects, including Star Trek. When Tarantino was asked about there being any truth to a possible hashtag Star Trekantino film, the producer-director replied, quote, It's a very big possibility. I haven't been dealing with those guys for a while because I've been making Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but we've talked about a story and a script. The script has been written, and when I emerge my head like Puxatani Phil, post Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we'll pick up talking about it again, end quote. Tarantino also told Slash Film that Once Upon a Time was, quote, on the mixed stage right now, end quote. For a link to the full interview, check out the show notes. Guys, I'm really bored about this Tarantino discussion. Either they make it or they don't. Can we just... I want to just... I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't know. I just, look, it'd be, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. But I'm just... I'm tired of the f- fueling this gossip. <laughs> well, listen, um, just hit this news button on it because... Come, I think it's June, once Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is out, 
uh, people are going to start asking the question again. I am looking forward to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though. I love Tarantino as a, as a director. and and But you know who I'm not tired of hearing is about Nichelle Nichols, because she is a class act. And Star Trek has often served as a vessel to inspire. And of all its wonderful characters and actors, none has broken more barriers than Nichelle Nichols. Nichols's Uhura was not only a woman in a position of authority, but a woman of color in that position. During a period in American history that included race riots and sexism, Nichols stood as a beacon of hope to those oppressed. After Star Trek was canceled, Nichols continued to inspire, recruiting underrepresented groups into NASA, appearing at shuttle launches, and showering her love on the fans of Star Trek at countless conventions and events. I'll never forget my short experience with her. But now, the 86-year-old actress, singer, producer, and inspiration is announcing her retirement. The Nichelle Nichols farewell tour, which will start later this month, will be our last chance to meet the iconic actress. The Nichelle Nichols farewell tour, which will start later this month, will be our last chance to meet the iconic actress. Kicking off on May 23rd at Phoenix Fan Fusion in Phoenix, Arizona, the tour will end on May 3rd, 2020 in Burbank, California at the Nichelle Nichols Farewell Convention. There are currently six stops on her nearly year-long tour, which most notably include Shore Leave and Star Trek Las Vegas, among others. A link to all of her appearances can be found in our show notes. Also, one other thing to mention is that uh, the production team that was behind Renegades and uh, Star Trek of Gods and Men, so they're friends of Nichelle Nichols, they're actually raising money to shoot the promo for a documentary. So uh, they, basically, they're they're on Indiegogo and they're raising money to shoot a sizzle reel on one of the original sets, I think, in Georgia, I want to say. And then they're going to ship that around to networks to get the full documentary produced about her life and all of the impact that she's had on on fans and also just the general public. So uh, if you're interested, I think the Indiegogo campaign will have finished by the time this show uh, goes out in the podcast feed, but you can still check it out. There's probably other ways that you can help contribute. Captains, before we move on with the show, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mixed Dimensions. For those of you that may not be aware, Mixed Dimensions is the 3D print company currently working with Star Trek Online to print your ship from the game. That's right, that awesome ship that you fly, that amazing kitbash variant of the Enterprise or the Savi or an alien ship from the Andorians or Cations, you name it. In most cases, it can be printed for you to display proudly wherever you want to show off your Star Trek love. Now, Anthony, you recently received an order that you placed using our coupon code, didn't you? Firefoton torpedoes! Oh, what's that? Yes, I did. Um, I did just get a ship. Uh, I got the NX refit class um, with my ship name on it. And it's one that I flew in game for quite a while. Uh, and it's one of the most fun ships that I've flown in the game. And I decided to get it printed in the four inch version 
um, because the NX refit is a smaller ship compared to the other ones. And I, you know, it came out really great. And the fact that I can sit that on my shelf and look over and see my ship's name on it and my registry number on it just makes it one of the most special parts of my Star Trek collection. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, you know, the, the nice thing about game print is that they allow you to print a custom ship Right, Star Trek Online allows you to customize your starship. It's ship Barbie, right? It's ship Barbie. And you can virtually create, you can be so creative with what you decide to fly in the game. And then the opportunity to have it in physical space where you can pick it up, display it, show it off is just remarkable. And since the last time we spoke about Mixed Dimensions and Gameprint.net, uh, they've done a completely new revamp of their website. So if you visit MixedDimensions.com, you'll see their entire catalog of game-related 3D prints. And if you go to GamePrint.net, it'll automatically forward you to their Star Trek section. Here's the other cool thing, is that they've introduced new 15 and 18-inch sizes. Now, if you watched the unboxing video that we produced when I received my Fleet Hestia, the larger the ship, the better and more finely detailed the print gets uh, to stunning detail. Also, their hand-painted option is back as well. So be sure to visit gameprint.net and exclusive to Priority One listeners, you can enjoy 20% off your order of any ship you select. Just use Priority 20 at checkout. That's Priority 20 at checkout. And we thank our sponsor, Mixed Dimensions. Well, Captains, that's it for this week's Trek It Out. Now, let's find out what's happening in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. With the launch of new story content in Rise of Discovery on May 14th, the new Discovery Legends reputation track also arrives. Participating in the TFO's Operation Riposte, Peril over Pavel, Defense of Starbase One, and Pavel Dissension will not only reward you with discovery marks, but playing those TFOs on Advanced and Elite will also grant you P. Stelevatory Spore Canisters. Submitting the marks and canister will gain you reputation XP and will help you run special gear projects. In fact, all of the rewards earned from the Discovery Legends reputation projects are named after our favorite characters assigned to the USS Discovery. Included, the Stamets and Tilly Ingenuity space set, Lorca's Ambition space weapon set, and Burnham's Resolve ground set, wings not included. The unlockable tier traits are also named after Discovery crew members like Arium, Tyler, Saru, and Landry. For details and a full list of rewards, check out the show notes. And if you want to try out any of these items or traits, Head over to the Triple Test Server, where the Rise of Discovery update is already live. How excited are we for a new reputation? Mm, not very. <laughs> I thought that they were going to be introducing an update to the Reputation UI. I, I didn't think that, I guess I was hopeful that the change was going to come with this new Rise of Discovery expansion. Do you mean like an, a UI update or, or like an, a revamp to the reputation system as a whole? At the very least, a UI update. I mean, we did get a minor U update a little while ago, but it's 
certainly was not anything overwhelming. Well, Phil All is my new best friend, so <laughs> that was a good add to the reputation UIs. And, you know, not to mention I would really love to be able to salvage the, the equipment you get in the boxes every time you launch the daily for the reputation. That'd be, that'd be sweet. I agree. I think that's simply a matter of time. I think it's just having to go in and change every single item that you get from those reward boxes. Right. He's Al has said that before, that it's, it's very much a database issue and, you know, going through Excel spreadsheets, so to speak, to change those items to be salvageable. But what do we think about some of the gear in this reputation? I, some of this stuff looks pretty cool. The Burnham Resolve set looks like a really nice melee ground set to boost your martial arts skills. Yeah, that does look nice. And, you know, of course, I'm going to get anything that's got Lorca's ambition involved. So, yeah, I think the the sets are worth it. And that's the point of the reputation is to get some of these sets. But... Man, uh, it's so daunting to have to do a whole new one. Yeah, I worry, you know, we always talk about the new player experience versus veteran players. To be honest, I, you know, I love the stuff that's coming in it. It obviously makes sense for there to be a new reputation system. But I, I think this is one of those things that's becoming tiring. It's having to grind out, grind through another reputation. And I know that's the point isn't to grind, it's to play the content. I, I think here's the problem also with, with the way reputation systems appear in the game for especially new players, right? Is that once you open that UI, you have a long list of reputations waiting for you to start to contribute in which can be daunting, right? It's, oh my gosh, all these things. Now, what could be the remedy for that? Well, do you level gate the reputation? No, that doesn't necessarily work because they're all end gear equipment. Uh, but I agree, the reputation system is starting to become really daunting. And it's it's a lot of the same procedures, right? It's not even it's not even about, oh, the new gear. It's just it's this it's the same rigmarole. Sure, we have new missions, but we've we've even come to a place where arguably some of the missions were a rehash or a uh, revamp of uh, some of the older maps, if I'm not mistaken, right? I also think that the method that you get the marks is part of what's so daunting about it, is running the same four TFOs to get those spore canisters, those elite marks. And I think that having to do the same thing over and over again is where some of the issue lies. You know, the, the new Romulus reputation, you can do some of those missions on new Romulus in that adventure zone to gain a small amount of marks. But even then, it's not it's not always fun to have to do the same thing over and over again. The only good thing is that there is the random cues and with the new uh, tokens for the tier 6 ship, we're going to be running a lot of TFOs and I think that's the only thing that's really going to help over the next few months. Well, that brings us to a community question for Star Trek Online news this week. Are you excited about the new Discovery reputation in Star Trek Online? Do you think there are too many reputations in the game at this point? Let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO412 or by replying to our community question posts on social media on Mondays. Also arriving with Rise of Discovery are two new story missions. Following events of the first story mission, Plausibility of the Possible, we will join Ellen Landry's security team, 
tasked with recapturing escaped Klingon prisoners. Then it's a race back to Pryor's world to rescue the Baran, prevent the invasion of Pryor's world, and stop more attacks from the Klingon Captain Akar. Experience the events that lead to Landry becoming the hardened security chief aboard the USS Discovery in Impossibility of Reason. So during a live stream of the weekly 10 Forward show, Al teased that we will be seeing Prime Lorca and Mirror Universe Lorca in this update. And there are only two missions, and... This one seems to hint that we may be involved with possibly seeing the destruction of the Baran, maybe? That's kind of what it seems like they're going with. I really hope that this is going to be one of those twins missions where we have to select who evil Lorca is and who good Lorca is. And if anybody remembers Rick and Morty, hopefully (laughs) good Lorca will put an L on put a red line on their forehead so that we can identify who the right Lorca is. Hey, you didn't pay your bill. The red X, red X. Nobody, (laughs) nobody watches Rick and Morty. (gasps) Lies. I love Rick and Morty. Yes, cat. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) But also all Lorcas are good Lorcas. (laughs) Wow. And now for upcoming events on PC. From now until Monday, May 13th, it's an item upgrade weekend. Applying tech upgrades to your items will grant twice as many technology points, reducing the dilithium cost and adding to the chance of increasing mark and rarity. And launching this Tuesday, May 14th, is the Rise of Discovery content update. Events for console captains. This weekend, you can earn 50% more fleet and reputation marks from now until Monday, May 13th. This arrives just in time for the new featured TFO, Peril Over Pavo. For the next three weeks, captains can queue up and take on 23rd century Mirror Universe and Klingon forces over the planet Pavo. Running this TFO daily 14 times will earn you the Terran Gorilla Combat Armor and unlock the costume for Lorca's civilian jacket and armor as seen in Star Trek Discovery Season 1. And next weekend is a Borg Red Alert weekend scheduled from May 16th to May 20th. Well, Captains, it's time to bring back our weekly top tip. In an effort to lend a hand to new players or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's our weekly top tip. An easy and often overlooked way to gain skill buffs in Star Trek Online is through the personal duty officer assignments. There are around 40 different DOF assignments that, when you get a critical success, will grant you a plus 25 skill increase for two hours. When you go into your duty officer assignment tab, look under personal. Click on the various missions and when you find one that has bold green text in the description that reads, a critical success will grant a buff to your various skill. Try to assign a purple quality duty officer to give you the best chance of success. If you constantly run these missions, you could end up with multiple buffs for both space and ground. If you're looking for that maximum output or even just a little nudge to get you through those missions faster, be sure to make those red shirts do the work. Check out the show notes for a link to the full list of applicable duty officer missions. And in other gaming news, 
A new Star Trek virtual reality game is beaming into Dave and Buster's. Star Trek Dark Remnant puts players in control of the Galileo through a special virtual interaction device. Control the phasers, shields, and sensors as you protect the Enterprise from stellar debris and an incoming Klingon battlecruiser. Set your phasers to fun! The game is said to offer different endings with subtle differences in gameplay, randomized player characters, and dialogue that responds to your real-time performance. Star Trek Dark Remnant is currently available at 122 North American Dave and Buster's locations. I have no interest in putting on virtual reality goggles that are in the wild. I uh, just nope, nope. Yeah, I think they give you antibacterial wipes, but yeah, I, I hear you. It kind of sounds weird. I mean, I just feel like I would have to pour them into my eyeball. Like I would just have to pour the. As look, this is great. I mean, it's fun to see that Star Trek titles are hitting arcades like this, and we've seen them in casinos for for uh, people who enjoy uh, that sport. There's a Dave and Buster's not far from me, but yeah, I I still even, they do have other virtual reality ones, but I just still don't want to do it. You know what it is? Is like, if this was set up like the void, right? Have you guys seen the void that the, the fully immersive virtual reality where you walk around a warehouse and you know, there's, there are sensors all over the place. So it's not like you're walking into a wall. The virtual reality game is built in this warehouse maze. So you're wearing the gear, you're walking around. I would I would risk pink eye for that cuz that look that sounds really cool. But I am not prepared for a horrible case of pink eye for a game at Dave and Buster's. I'm sorry. I'm going to check this game out. I think it looks fun. I'm not so much interested in the gameplay as much as how it differs from play experiences. If it's going to taunt me when I'm not doing a good enough job, it's what I really want to see. I'll go check it out and I'll report back. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's rock out with Spock out in an interview with the Star Trek tribute band, The Roddenberries. On this episode of Priority One, we are pleased to sit down with several members of the Philadelphia-based Star Trek tribute band, The Roddenberries. With me is Spotnik and Sister Spock. Thank you for joining me this episode. Hey, Elijah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're happy to be here. Of course. So we got to hang out a little bit this last year over at Star Trek Las Vegas up the rooftop bar. And then prior to that, you guys took control of the Roddenberry stage and were performing some amazing sets. And let's not forget, you guys also performed for the um, the burlesque show. Yes, Treklesque. <laughs> that was uh, last That's year. right, Treklesque. Yes. Yeah, right. Around this time last year, right? Oh, wait. Are you t- you're talking about Treklesk at in Taboo or at, at Taboo, or yeah. are you talking about the Gays in Space last year at Vegas? Oh no, no. The I'm talking about Treklesk at in Philadelphia this time last year. Uh, 
Okay, right on. So you guys have been busy and you've been working on a new album. First, before we get into that and an upcoming event that you guys have in Philly, why don't you give us a little bit of history about the band and why Star Trek? Why Star Trek? Why not Star Trek? It's something that has united us as friends, as performers. We've just, we grew up with Star Trek. We love it. We have common values and we just decided, you know what, let's, uh, Let's maybe have a Star Trek band, you guys. Yeah. Not really sure what it's going to be. Some of the original Roddenberries, it was Billy right here, Spocknick. Yeah. And his brother, Jay Warp. And our original drummer, Hoagie Wing, who was Oglar. Oglar, the Telluride. He yeah. was our Telluride. Yep. And they just decided to jam at the Fringe Late Night Cabaret, Underground Arts, to jam on the original Amok Time fight song. And unfortunately, I was at the beach at the time with my family, so I didn't get to experience that. But that was basically the kickoff of like, all right, we need to just get together and do whatever it means to be a Star Trek band. We're going to figure that out. So it kind of started out differently, I would say, a lot differently than what we are now, because we've kind of organically, I think, just morphed into what we are today. Just through trial and error experience, we kind of had to find our... We kind of knew what our niche was, but not really. We were also just developing the concept of what the Roddenberries were going to be. I mean, the first thing we basically did was we all sat down. We're like, all right, we need a name. What are we going to call ourselves? Basically, every original series episode was a possible name that we considered. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, Shore Leave, Amok Time, The Way to Eden. However, Roddenberries seemed great. And thankfully, Rod Roddenberry is okay with that. He gave us his official, that's cool that you guys took our name. Nice. Very much appreciated. And that's on video, too. We have, yeah, we have, we have video evidence of that, by the way, Mr. Roddenberry. We love you. So how long ago is, how long have you guys been working together now? This is our sixth year. We officially started in 2012. September 9th, 2012. Mm. Yes, that was our first gig. So it's really our seventh year. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's amazing to think about because we've gone through so many changes, I think. And, you know, really just getting feedback from shows and, you know, what was fun for us, what we felt really good about, what people told us was really fun for them. You know, we love Star Trek and we're primarily like a Star Trekified multimedia rock cabaret. However, we also try to unite the Nerdosphere because we also do Star Wars-based stuff. We do Battlestar Galactica, you know, Marvel and DC. Doctor Who. Doctor Who, you know, Green Slime, like old B-movie soundtrack stuff. Just to kind of set it up a little bit and give you a little history lesson of the Roddenberries, our first half is basically where we've been. And we're doing like the oldies but goodies of the rods and some of our favorite things to play. Mm-hmm. And the second second set will be the album and a lot of our new, you know, fun stuff, a lot of TNG related stuff. But yeah, that's you'll, you'll get a kind of a sense of, of some of our favorite things to do. We're saying that whenever somebody goes to a show or you're speaking about what's coming up. <clears throat> what's, I'm talking specifically about our upcoming album release party. Nice. June yeah. 27th, Thursday at World Cafe Live in yeah. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about that second album. So, you know, you've obviously had a first and now, you know, how long did it take you to develop the second album? What was your inspiration? What was your influence? What did you do differently? Well, can I? Yeah, take that. (laughs) All right. So here's the thing, Elijah. I'm going to lay it to you straight. So we were looking upon the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. 
we were very much considering the possibility that we would again be performing in Las Vegas for the convention, which didn't turn out exactly the way that we thought it would. But in preparation, we realized, you know, we're, we're really TOS heavy. We need to really beef up on our TNG material because for people that don't know what we do, a lot of what we do is we do parodies of, you know, everything from like rock to bossa nova to metal. You know, we do parodies of all kinds of stuff and we turn songs that, you know, for example, Hungry Like the Wolf Duran Duran is now Angry Like the Wharf, <laughs> which is one of the songs on our on our album. Coming back to what I was originally saying, so the album thing came after all of these songs that we came up with. We're like, all right, we got to do all this new material. So we just busted it out. I locked myself in a room <laughs> and basically like rewatched everything and watched stuff that I hadn't either seen or didn't remember because I wanted to get information right. Because when the lyrics get written to the songs, I like for them to be meaningful and I like them to be accurate as far as what the timelines are. And also, you know, we want there to be humor in what we're doing. We want it to be meaningful for I mean, for us, and we're huge nerds, so if it doesn't work for us, we know it's not going to work for our people, all of the people out there that we see at every convention, that, you know, they're everywhere. We are among you all. Right. <laughs> the other thing that we try to do is also, you know, our Star Trek fans and sci-fi fans in general, in general are intelligent people for the most oh, yeah. part. We don't want to just rhyme with Spock and rhyme with Borg. You know, that's fun. That's been done hundreds of times by so many people in different bands and but so, so our lyrics have a lot of, Beth has put a lot of thought into these lyrics and, and she is a writer by nature and has a background in, in writing. And the lyrics she came up with are, you know, I might be biased, but they, to me, they're genius. So, oh, stop. Uh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> stop some more. But... <laughs> so I hope, yeah, I hope you're, uh, you're excited when you, when you hear some of these lyrics, but they are pretty funny. <laughs> I have to tell you. I, I'm so looking forward to this event, you know, for several reasons. One, because you guys are a remarkably talented group. Yeah. And two is because, you know, I see all my friends over on the West coast, all the Star Trek friends that go and do all these geeky parties. And I, I just feel like we don't have enough representation up here on the East Coast, seriously. Amen to that. Well, they all live in LA, man, if they're not in New York. I mean, we got a couple in this area, right? Who do we have that's from Philly? Picardo, Robert Picardo grew up outside of German, Philly, in German Germantown. Town. I think James Darren was like a South Jersey guy, or maybe was he South Philly? Philly. Philly. He was South Philly, bang. Yeah. So, but but you're, you're absolutely 100% right. It Agreed. always seems to be happening in LA. Right, or we have to go to Vegas for this huge, like, everything out convention, and then there's, like, little, here's a little convention here, here's a little convention here. Right. But we really have to travel to get to the really big stuff. Right. There's so many people on this coast that are just diehards. I know it. I can smell them. Yes. Yes. One thing also about our show is I had the idea to make this show not just about us, but like a sort of mini con. Like it, it was just like, let's get our friends here. No charge, no nothing like, like that. Like-minded people let's and get, communities. Yes, we were friends. We are friends with the Black Tribbles. They're another nerd group here in face in Philadelphia that have a, also a podcast. They work with Philly Cam and they're on the FM radio on Thursday nights. And then there's the... The gays in, gays, gays in space, which they're not. Gays in space. <laughs> yeah. And they're based out of New York. Dan Devey, and he's he's always, you know, at all the, the conventions. But they're good friends of ours, and they're going to be joining us. And Priority One, you guys, are, are going to be joining us and possibly some, some of the comic stores in, in Philly. 
So we, we wanted this to be a place where like all of our like-minded friends who celebrate Trek and all things sci-fi, just to be there, represent, sell your merch, whatever you want. And also instead of hiring an opener or bringing in openers, which we have a lot of musical friends that want to open up, we're like, why don't we just spend, you know, a half an hour and let our friends take five minutes on stage, introduce who they are to possibly, you know, 300 people, 300 people. Tell them, like, get the word out because you're going to have a concentration of a lot of sci-fi people. Right. And also, the Keystone Comic Con people are going to be giving us some tickets to give away and they wanted some representation too so it's pretty cool. That is great and again I, I want to thank you for that opportunity. More than happy. Oh we're so happy to have you guys trust me it's it, the pleasure is ours <laughs> it's going to be such a fun show I'm so excited I'm so excited for this show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be amazing we have J.G. Hertzler. And bang! His, and his costume John, yeah, John, John Paladin. Paladin's coming. Yeah. Oh did we let that slip out of the bag? You heard it here first folks. Nice that's really <laughs> exciting. You know, I want to take a moment and, and take a step back. You know, you, you mentioned that, Beth, you've been writing a lot of these these songs, uh, the lyrics. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the band, who's, you know, who's playing and, and who's a part of it? Okay, so our current band are Spocknick and Sister Spock. That's Billy Tayun and me, Beth Kellner. We're the co-captains. I mean, I kind of consider myself the first officer, but... I no, we're the co-captains. Yeah, we're the co-captains. The big decisions, though, if it comes down to it. Bang! There are... No, Spocknick. All right, let's keep going. All right. Keep going, keep going. We, could, we could go on all day. Okay, so on guitar, we have a new guitar player, actually. This is kind of fun. It was sad to see our original guitarist, Chris Conrath. He kind of had some stuff going on, and he had to move on from the band. However... He's going to be performing with us at the Albert Malice show because he's on the entire, he recorded the album with us. We're also going to have our new guitarist, Paul P.M. Eton, and he is amazing. They're both professional guitarists. They write music. Paul is a teacher. He teaches kids and he travels, um, singing music. He's at Gerard College. Gerard too. College, yep. He's, he's ridiculously talented and he's a showboater. He's our Captain Ben Disco. Disco yeah. with a K, baby. <laughs> he brings it. Yeah. And then moving on to percussion, we have Chris Perez is our drummer right now. He is also super ridiculously talented. He's in a lot of other bands. He is the striptease orchestra band leader at this time. He's done a bunch of stuff, but he's such a good drummer and he's fun to watch. He just really is. So move over to percussion. We have master percussionist Jay Warp. That is Joe Tayun, which is Billy's brother. He's, I mean, you talk about your brother. His yeah, list Joe, is endless. Joe. He's world both, class. Joe and I both have a background in Middle Eastern music and Lebanese. I grew up, we grew up playing, we're Lebanese, so my family had a restaurant. We grew up playing music in that restaurant for belly dancers on a nightly basis. Joe plays Dumbek and Kungas and Bongos. He's studied with renowned percussionists from, from India, from the Middle East, and he also teaches and he try, he's toured internationally playing with many bands and many pretty big projects. So yeah, Joe's our percussionist, and uh, it, it, again, uh, this is a—it's all for love of doing this. That's why we—that's uh, why he does this, and why I do it. And, yeah, uh, and then we also have Commandrew. Used to be Landrew, and he's graduated to Commandrew. He is our rhythm guitarist, and he is our media guy. He does a lot of percussion on a ton of the songs. He's kind of our everything guy. Yes. We couldn't have the band without Andrew for sure, and he does a very large part of the media that we do because we're also a multimedia, I want to say, spectacle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just love that episode of Star Trek. <laughs> the Lava Rock Creature. Yeah, anyway, he basically manages the media 
He also, we have our resident Klingon, also a very big part of the band. He is also part of what goes into the media. Basically, Scotch, Scotch whiskey. Scotch whiskey. I'm sorry. And Command Drew are the media guys. They're responsible for every piece of quick, short little blurb on Instagram that gets put out, all of our Kickstarter, whenever we've done, we've done a couple of fundraisers. They do all the media for that. They do the shooting. They edit together pieces to make videos of live performance for our show. And also just the backdrops of what we use to represent the songs that we're doing live. Everything has a very specific media backdrop to it. And it's very well thought out because Scott and Andrew, AKA Scotula and Commandrew are also professional videographers and they're very good at what they do. So we're super lucky to have them. And then we got Zephram. Yeah. You saw him perform at Trek Lesk. He's a multi-instrumentalist yeah, actually. percussion and bass. Yeah, he plays bass for us. He is absolutely the band would crumble without him as well. I mean, Billy, it goes without saying, we wouldn't have a band if, without you, but Zephram helps to figure out the, the chords and the charts, and you know, we work on harmonies together for the backing vocals. He performs with Martha Graham Cracker. He's been with the Striptease Orchestra, Big Mess Cabaret, that's where I actually met him. And he's the band leader on stage. So when it comes to cues, when it comes to starts or counts, he's the guy that the band looks to. He's pretty well versed in, in that sort of style of playing for cabarets and, and also because he's a he's a drummer he, he also understands timing really well so we all we all kind of look to him for cues and then there is um michael baldwin aka the legendary wit aka in the roddenberries colonel chuck jaegermeister he is a professional comedian he's been on hbo he's been on comedy central he's been mentioned by jay leno more than uh four or five times on The Tonight Show because uh, they used to perform together in Philly and in New York. So he's a really funny guy. He's a prop comic. You can normally see him around Philadelphia. He doesn't used to travel some more, but he doesn't these days. But he's really funny, and you'll see his craziness. He's in a couple of characters. Mm -hmm. You'll see him dressed as, uh, as Q. I'll give a little hint. Walking <laughs> around like a crazy Q. He's our Q clown. Yeah. Think? Oh, and I well, think we also have to mention Kevin. Yeah, Kevin and Fallon have to go into the next yeah. sure. So Kevin, a.k.a. Smiles O'Hiron. Is... He's our engineer. He's our tour manager. He becomes our production manager. He's been stage manager. He's done yeah. amazing things for our social media. He is absolutely by far one of the best additions that we've made to this group since we started. Yes. Because I can't imagine doing what we do now without him. Yeah. And Fallon, Fallon Jocelyn, she is our everything girl. She has helped with makeup. She's jumped, she's danced for us. She's helped with costuming. She's traveled with us a couple of different places and helped with stage production and everything. She's amazing. She's also been merch when we needed somebody to jump in. All, you know, everybody has jumped in, but she's, she's kind of a really, really good person to have in our group as well and she's also on the cover she's on the album cover with one of our principal dancers so sophie supre yep the lovely danielle kurka and yeah so that's the cover yeah we oh, we, oh, we will bring in extra like we have quote unquote the red shirt horns joining oh, yeah. us they they will be three horn players that will be playing with us on june 27th and they will all be wearing red shirts because they are normally not in the band and so <laughs> We will we'll bring them on as we need them and we'll drop them as we need them, but they are great friends of ours and amazing musicians. Yes, uh, super but good. They will be the red shirt forms. 
So let's talk a little bit about that that June 27th event. It's a, it's a Thursday night at the World Cafe live in Philadelphia. You know, you've already told us a little bit about what we can expect, your hosts. What else can you tell us about that date? Well, the big news about this show is that we have our very special guest, J.G. Hertzler, joining us. And he's been a great friend and ally. And, you know, we've performed with him and in Geneva, New York. You know, we're, we're really looking forward. He will be in full-fledged Martok outfit. I mean... Oh! This just in. You heard it here first, folks. So his costume guy, John Paladin, John Paladin that does like all of the Klingons at the Vegas convention, and does, does the Ferengis and does all of that. He will be coming and handling John's makeup and his prosthesis or whatever, the head, and he will be taking care of that. But John, JT, we've been working on some, some fun stuff and I don't want to give too much away. We're just going to say he may or may not be joining us on stage for a few splendid moments. Yes, without a doubt, he will be on stage, you know, kind of hosting, kind of just being there. It's going to be a big part of our show. So, yeah. And if it wasn't enough to be catching a Star Trek tribute band of marvelous performers, if you haven't seen J.G. Hertzler during karaoke at STLV in the full <laughs> regalia, it is a sight to be seen. So I cannot, yeah. and that's, you know, Thursday night, you know, at, at an 8 p.m. show. I can't imagine how wild he's going to be. It's going to be so crazy. Oh, yes. Get down, he will. Get down, he will. So where can people get tickets? What does it cost? And let's remind people again, again, what time doors open. And, the, and what time the show is. All right, so start with the show time. The doors open at 6.30 p.m. This is Thursday the 27th, and the show starts at 8 o'clock promptly. There, there will be two sets with a 15-minute intermission. The thing about World Cafe Live, and it's the big room downstairs, is that you can come there, and if you get a seated ticket, you can have dinner. They have a full menu. Oh, by the way, which we are, uh -huh. we are naming all of the menu entrees. Yeah, the items will be renamed to be appropriate for the evening. Yes. Including the drinks? We are going to rename some of the drinks and we are still working on that on some of those but we have some fun ideas tickets you can get either online or i mean you can go there and buy them but you can also buy them online they're available currently there's standing room only and then there are seated tickets so you can sit in the mezzanine you can sit on the ground floor or you can sit in the area around the bar if you i'm sure you've been to world cafe live probably not everybody that hears this has been but it's a really cool space it's a big space it's a great place to see a show you know it's a really nice theater you can also get standing Room. So online tickets are $12 for standing room. If you want to get seated, just regular seating, the tickets are $18. But until the end of this month, May 31st, we're also running a special. If you get a $25 seated ticket, it also comes with either a hard copy of our Eat the Roddenberry CD, which we will be officially releasing that night for the show, June 27th, or you can get a digital download. But that's over at May 31st. That is... That, you know, if you if you want to wait and get tickets at the door, it's going to be $15 for general admission and 20, 20 for seated. Yeah. I got to say, I would have expected and would have been willing to pay more, to be honest with you. I mean, just with, again, how talented you guys are with the lineup that you guys have and the guests. This is Thanks. certainly a show that should not be missed. I, I can't say enough. You know, when, when I've seen you guys perform live, you guys are just so much fun and so into it. It is a sight to be seen and not to be missed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. We had, you know, honestly, I think I still 
just burst out on stage sometimes with I really hope people are having as much fun as we are right now or as I am because I just yeah. I get tickled sometimes you know doing it it's just it's like a dream yeah it really is it's it's so much fun and it comes from a place of love and passionateness and this is a huge bucket list thing I think for all of us yeah I think I realized it. I was it was Saturday night at the Rio for, oh. for the fiftieth anniversary for wow. Star Trek on the Roddenberry stage. And I remember playing and what happy we, we, we to know, Star well Trek. happy birthday to Star Trek was, was one thing with the big toast, but when we were told that Robert Picardo was gonna come sing a song with us <laughs> earlier that night and we, we didn't know, like, well what does he want to sing? Uh, twisting the night away and I'm like well, we don't play that song but hurry up let's go backstage and learn it so we went backstage <laughs> and learned it and like you know on the loading dock on the loading dock I think Chakotay walked past yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saw Chakotay yeah so so we, we go backstage we learn it real quick and then we come back up and then uh, we, we're texting back and forth with Claire Kramer just to make sure like ask him what key and then if we find out what key it is and it's A, okay. So, so then we're playing it that night. He comes on stage and we're playing it and we nailed it. Like, you know, and I'm not usually that that kind of proud and I don't say things like that. Oh no, I'm, you guys nailed it. I'm you normally I'm it. normally extremely humble and don't say these things, but we nailed that song like like we've been playing it for years. And he's singing it, and there was just this moment where I'm looking, and I'm like, seeing this packed, packed room. Mm -hmm. The doctor from Voyager is singing. We're playing. With us. We're playing <laughs> on Rod Roddenberry's stage in Vegas. You know, we're not worthy. All, but all this, that thought just came to my mind yeah. at one point. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is this is amazing. And I'm constantly trying to get back to that point. Like that was like the high for me with this. Yeah, but it feels like being part of Star Trek. It really does because Star. I mean, you love Star Trek too. We, I know we've talked about this. It's such a family. It really is. You know, if, and you were uh, last year at Vegas, and you heard the Discovery actors talk about how that's the one. That's what I took from the panels that they were doing. That the one thing that they're taking the most is how humble they are because it's such a family. Because everyone in the community people just consistently are telling them welcome to the family welcome to the family and it's it's humbling you know but it, it the family needs to be taught and it needs to grow and include more and more people and i think it does it, it really you know we're all a part of star trek seriously and it, it's just it's a really good feeling you know this is we're our here. little thing that we're doing to make it known i guess that how much we love star trek and sci-fi and fantasy and all that fun stuff we spread it out because we're nerds and we love it but it, it all stemmed from track for me you know it all kind of stemmed from Trek. That was my introduction to so many things that I love and cherish now. The sci-fi, right. the cheesy backdrops, the amazing music, the incidental music, and the soundtrack stuff, which we also do, by the way. Billy's a friggin' genius when it comes up to that stuff. But yeah, it's a melange. I'm sorry, I might have like trailed off a little bit into a yeah. tangent. I get so excited sometimes. <laughs> no, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know, in the seven years that I've been podcasting, it's it's a very similar feeling that you know sometimes I'm conducting an interview or something, and it's just I'm taken back at the little slice of the universe that I'm a part of. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys have been doing some great work over the last seven years, and and I'm really looking forward to the the June 27th event. Is there any last thing you'd like to say before before we let you go? Well, I mean. I for me, I would just encourage people to see if they can uh, find the time to come out. It's definitely a show. Even
even if they're not super hardcore Trekkies, Trekkers, if you, like so many people have come to our shows that said, I can't believe, I don't even know Star Trek, but I love this. They will have a good time. They will know most of the material we're playing. If not, like obviously the words will be a little different, but they will know it and they will be up and dancing and enjoy it. So I, I strongly suggest come on out and spend that night with us. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. And they can check us out at www.theroddenberries.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're all on the social media, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. None of our new stuff's out on any of those None sites. None of our yet. new stuff's out. However, our fantastic producer, can we tell him we're on a jo- label now? Yeah, we're on Joe Niccolo's Blackbird label. Joe Niccolo is the guy who did all of the recording and mixing and mastering. He's our album producer. And he's, and he's unbelievable. Yeah, he, I mean, he did Cypress Hill. He's done Hall and Oates and he's worked with Billy Joel and this is no uh, he was a hip hop guy with his brother in the 80s yeah wow congratulations guys yeah Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous so wait Elijah from watching your podcast last time I think it was two weeks ago I found out that you're a singer and I did. I, I didn't know that. Hey, man, you're holding out. You're holding out, man. Yeah, my undergrad is in uh, performing arts. <laughs> I do. I do indeed. I I do a lot of music theater. I do, you know, some pop. Mm. Yeah, I do some gigs here and there. You know, once in a while, just to satiate that. I think we might have you yeah. come join us on a show. I I would be honored. I you know what? I will take you up on that, and I would be <laughs> How honored. about it, man? Let's bring some more nerds into the family right now. I, I would be I would yeah, be man. honored to join you guys on stage. Uh, really, I would. That sounds super fun. Let's, uh, yes, let's let's find a way to make that happen. I'm sure we can. <laughs> but it was great to hear last week. I was listening to your conversation between you guys, and it was a really fun conversation. I couldn't stop listening. I had just like, wait a minute, you guys are going back and forth and having some really important points. But then, uh, then I heard that one sneak in, and then there was a conversation about <laughs> that, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, I appreciate uh, it. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you for listening. And, and again, I'm so grateful that you invited us to attend. You know, the team and I are are really excited to catch it. Probably even rent a hotel room so we can party all night if it happens. <laughs> Taking yeah. a day off work the next day and getting ready and, and getting ready for it. So, well, Spotnik, Sister Spock, thank you so very much for stopping by on our show and this episode. Well, I want to remind everybody that they can get tickets for the June 27th event at worldcafelive.com. And again, for more information, visit the Roddenberries. That's roddenberriesplural.com. We're on an away team to Planet M113. Only ruins found. No sign of the professor for his checkup and supplies. It's then that they see her. She looks just like McCall's ex, but she's a monster in disguise. Exactly as I knew her 12 years ago. Well, Captains, hailing frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all of your incoming messages. Episode 411's first community question was, Will you be watching the newly announced Nickelodeon Star Trek CG animated series? What do you think of the premise? 
On Twitter, Chris Dorn writes in, Like with Discovery in the beginning, I'll be skeptical about the new animated series on Nickelodeon. From Facebook, Shereel Abdul-Rahman says, When it is out, sure. The premise is very Nickelodeon and could entice the young audience it is aimed at to discover Star Trek. Here's hoping it doesn't turn them off with Technobabble and Treknobabes too much. What's a Treknobabe? Uh, seasons four through six of Voyager? Oh. (laughs) Gotcha. All right. And the Orion Syndicate episode on Enterprise? I think the entire show of Enterprise? Did you not not know T'Pol was on that show? Yeah, I gotcha. Episode 411's second community question was, do you plan on purchasing either of the new Star Trek Online ships? If so, what type of build are you planning to run? From Facebook, AJ Biega writes in, No, if Cryptic is moving to earn tier six ships, I need to stop buying all the ships. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't have patience to, to earn the tier six freebie. From Facebook, Mike Tripp says, I actually have been running the Buran since the day of release. Wasn't sure about the bridge officer layout, but that ship has become my favorite and is one of the strongest ships I've flown. So my compliments to the devs. From the design to the performance of this slick new ship, lover. Mike, Mike, how are you getting that turn rate to under control? I, I, seriously, I am slipping and sliding. It's like Tokyo Drift in that ship for me. What, what, are you, what are you doing? Because seriously, I'll stop I'll, or I'll, I'll, I'll bring my impulse engines to, to complete stop, but I'm still moving for like five minutes. It's kind of like that scene in Austin Powers where they're on the, the he's he's on the big steamroller machine and, and for five minutes it's. That's what's happening to me in this ship. So I am open to suggestions to help alleviate that because it's a nice ship. I really like it, but I I would I I like the I like the the sharp turns of an escort. And I'm really thinking about getting back in my escort. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy writes, Welcome to the show, Cat. I'm working on finishing up a Klingon character, so I bought the new ship bundle for her. Wonderful show, everyone. From Facebook, Ron Kinney says, No. I have enough ships as it is, and the newer ships don't really offer anything all that new or game-changing. Which I have to agree with. It's going to take an awful lot to get me off my Fleet Arbiter. I know it's like years old now, but I love that ship. I love that ship. Well, I think that's the great thing about having this variety is that once you find a ship that you really like, you can just stick with it. And some people may not have found the ship that they like yet. I mean, clearly Elijah hasn't because he keeps buying new ships and trying them out and then... Not all the time. No, I really don't buy... I I am not a ship collector. The Prior to this ship, I was running the Gagarin, which was another beautiful ship. And prior to that, I was pretty much stuck in my Flea Arbiter. I mean, that is a tanky ship, but also nimble. See, I fly the Universe class, so I'm used to just parking it and firing it and not worrying about going anywhere. (laughs) Is that the really, really big one? That's the Enterprise J. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I thought that was (laughs) nice. Well, that wraps up episode 412 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Mission Log Live, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files. Visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But before we go, here are some community questions for this week. 
What merchandising venues do you hope CBS most improves? Video games, toys, interactive media, conventions, events, anything. And are you excited about the new Discovery reputation in Star Trek Online? Do you think there are too many reputations already in the game? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com. On our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash podcast. Or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcasts live to review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there is something for all STO players, new and old. Follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times. And if you'd like to join the Armada, visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to audio editors including Brandon Parker, James Golding, Rand Hurl, Daniel Stevens, Skiffy, and Winters. And don't forget that we're looking to add to the team. So if you have some skills in audio editing, many hands make light work. Thanks to our producer, Jake Morgan, for assisting in the production of this weekly show. And we welcome to the team our new community manager, Shane Hoover. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper, with support from Jason Smith of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Su no. Engage!
This is Elijah, Trek It Out, Sync 1. This is Kenna, Trek It Out, Sync 2. This is Anthony, Trek It Out, Sync 3. <laughs> I don't have to give it a dialect. <laughs> what is I that? am a wild and crazy uh, guy. Wild and Sorry, crazy guy. This apparently is the night of SNL references. <laughs> old, okay. Old SNL Trek references. It Out in 3, 2. Oh, we have to add the yogurt. We have to add the yogurt. Like, we have to add some kind of yogurt sound effect here. May the Schwartz be with May you. On May 6th, CBS Television Studio. Well, that wraps up episode 412. I'm sorry, it just went really wrong. I was like, because I know you messed it up last week, so I thought I better switch the 10 for 12 so we don't have a repeat of that. See what happens when you're not here for a couple weeks? I felt like, like, uh, what's his face in Liar? uh, No, uh, Bruce Almighty. <laughs> Come on, you guys have not seen Bruce Almighty. I oh, I have. I just, years. I just didn't think that was a funny rendition of it. Spore canisters of a long scientific name that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> it's P P Stellavatori. Stellavatori. P Stellavatori spore canisters. Less less lisps this time. <laughs> it's hard to not say it in an Italian accent. I know. I, I was thinking of a joke. I was gonna be like. I was gonna be like. Careful not to sprinkle it on your linguine. Mm, those P Stellavatoris are so good. <laughs> All right. Careful. Now. Careful. We're treading on dangerous waters now. I think I'm Italian. I think I can do that. But before we move on, that leads us to our first community question this week. What merchandising venue do you hope CBS most improves? Video games, toys, interactive media, podcasts, conventions, events. How dare you, Jake, write podcasts in that list? As if though there weren't already some phenomenal podcasts out there. You... Benedict Arnold. Surely there's a better Star Trek reference than Benedict Arnold. Actually, Benedict Arnold uh, was chasing the Enterprise. You should read up on Benedict Arnold because he was actually hunting down the Enterprise. All right. I believe you. I believe you. With all the casting nudes. Nudes? Nudes? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Casting nudes. Wow, okay. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I'm only in the mood for the good nudes today. <laughs> oh my god, that was so long ago. <laughs> that was literally years ago. <laughs> it's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, for the record, I'm always only in the mood for good nudes. Bad nudes. <laughs> oh, Kenna, you just opened yourself up to... Please oh, do crap. not send... Do not, do not send nudes. <laughs> do Lord. not. I am quick with the block button. Anyway. Sorry, he actually commanded the Enterprise, and it was his flagship for a short time. And he also worked out of Fort Ticonderoga, which is where is this? Is this in the animated series? Because no, he's talking about the actual. No, Benedict this is history. Arnold. I'm talking about history, like 
Oh, right. No, like I thought Benedict you were Arnold. like the USS Enterprise. I was like, what? No, no, no. Okay. The, 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 the British um, topsail schooner. Yeah. Neat. Um, moving on. Sorry. Sorry, Kenna. I was just, uh, you know, talking about my, my extensive <laughs> knowledge of, uh, of uh, Enterprise lore. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.